Hi, this is Marie and Brittany, your hosts for The Property Management Show. Today's guest is a property manager named Jeremy Tallman from Indianapolis. He'll walk us through how his pre-marketing process has evolved over the last five years. He will also share tools and techniques that his company uses to minimize days on market, maximize rental income for their owners, and how these same things also led to lesser tenant complaints during move-in. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half, a marketing agency that creates and implements owner lead generating plans for property management companies. We've been doing this since 2012 and can help in all aspects of owner marketing, whether it's conversion-driven web design, nurturing leads, reputation management, digital ads, content creation, you name it. For more information, visit fourandhalf.com. Now, without further ado, Jeremy Tallman. So Jeremy, thanks again for joining us today. We're obviously going to be talking a little bit about pre-marketing. Um, and before we dive into all of the ins and outs um, about that, you know, it's not a new uh concept in the real estate or property management industry, and it might mean different things to different people. So could you tell us a little bit about what remarketing is for you and how it impacts your company? Sure. Uh, first, thanks for having me. Um, happy to be here. And, and so yeah, pre-marketing for us, I'll, I'll, I'll start kind of at a baseline. We, when I talk about pre-marketing, uh, one of the things about our company, and I don't think we're unique. Um, I know people do it different ways, but we don't show any homes prior when, when tenants are when tenants are present. So all of our showings are done after a property's been turned and made ready. So now we used to do, you know, we used to do showings prior to tenants vacating, and um, we changed that several years ago. Um, so for us, in, in that context, pre-marketing for us means getting the home marketed at the right time um, because there's obvious times where it's way too early and there's some times where you're just, you should have had it done prior um, and then really put into the right systems for pre-marketing and technology plays a huge part in that uh, from our standpoint. So it's giving that property the best chance to lease quickly once showings can occur um, and that's what pre-marketing is to us. It's vital in our marketing process. It's something we take very seriously. Um, obviously, our owner clients depend on it and expect it. And um, so we have um, someone very in tune with getting our pre-marketing up and running and, and monitoring that pre-marketing and then um, making the right calls when that thing goes full into a live scenario where we start showing it. And you mentioned technology. So would you mind giving us a little bit of information on some of the tools that you use for, for the pre-marketing? Yeah, there, there's, there's one major, we use Rently. Okay, I guess I'll start there. Um, and Rently, like other um, showing services, lockbox services, has a pre-marketing wait list component to it. And the wait list is, is really um, an invaluable commodity for pre-marketing. Um, you know, back in the day, you could put on your website coming soon, right? But 
what does that mean? What is it, you know, when's it available? It would generate a, probably a ton of phone calls to ask questions about the property. Uh, it would generate requests to, hey, can you call me when it's, when you put it on the market? And, you know, that's, that's hard to administrate. It's almost impossible to scale that type of, of, right. of model because it How becomes, do you keep track it, of that? Yeah, it would become overwhelming. So Rently allows us to put homes on our website in a, um, waitlist mode, basically it's a pre-leasing mode. And then, uh, people that are interested in seeing that home, uh, can sign up for a waitlist. Now, one of the things that we're always cognizant of and need on every week is available date. That's a huge component of pre-marketing and you need to make sure that you're as close, um, and consistent as possible with what is actually going to happen. So for example, if you say, Hey, we have a property, that's in a pre-marketing, you know, coming soon mode, um, and it's going to be available October 15th, people may build plans around that date because it's the one property they want. They're waiting on it to, to, so they can see it and apply for it. Um, and if that gets moved a lot, then it creates a lot of frustration on that wait list, not to mention frustration probably for your client that, you know, why can't you get this thing done? So, um, you know, so, so the, so the Rently, obviously people are familiar with Rently and I know there's other softwares out there like Tenet Center and other, you know, other things, softwares out there that do this sort of thing. Um, it allows a wait list to build in the background. We see all that, which is wonderful. We know exactly how many people are on a wait list. Um, and then as soon as we call it turning that property on, hitting go, saying it's ready for showing, that wait list is sent notifications. Everybody on that wait list is sent a notification. They can go and see that home. So, we don't have to do anything. There's no list to maintain. There's no people to call back. Um, our job is to make sure that the available date is as accurate as possible. And that as soon as that property is ready, we're very proactive in getting it on the market so it can be shown. So, um, you know, and Rently does have syndication that goes out um, as well. So uh, we have really good success in building good wait lists uh, for most of our properties that we pre-market. What do, uh, if I'm a renter, what do I see when I sign up for the wait list? Do, are there pictures of the property? Is there um, yeah. just... It's, it's really no different than a normal listing in some ways. So for example, if we are, if it's a brand new property for us, let's say we've never leased the property before, uh, we inherited the tenant, and the tenant moved out. And so we, you know, we, we've got some pre-marketing, the tenant has given notice rather, we have some pre-marketing that we need to do. Then we will um, do our best to get whatever pictures we can. Um, at least a front photo, you know, in some cases though we don't have interior pictures, maybe there's right. no archive or history of it all. But if it's a property that we've marketed in the past, we're literally, we're gonna put some pictures out there for people to get a general set. Now, when it goes live, um, meaning people can see it, we're going to make sure the pictures are an accurate portrayal of the property. Because as property managers, we all know, a turn can take two days, it can take two months, depending on what we do. So if we go in and replace all the flooring, paint all the walls, we do, you know, replace cabinets, we're not going to use our existing marketing photos. But if all it is is a, a quick clean and a lock change, uh, we don't feel the need to take all new pictures because the property is basically the same as it was the last time we marketed it. So in those cases, we can use existing photos and tenants to answer your question or prospects rather. They go to our website, they can look at the photos. 
the description will sometimes say, you know, full description to, to be, you know, we'll, we'll blow this out for people once the property goes live. Um, and then they can just through the Rently system register. Uh, and I don't know exactly what fields they put in, but it's an email and probably a, a cell phone number. Right. Text, the texting can go out. Um, and then they're added to that wait list. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sounding a lot like um, it's not really just about the technology, but how you use it. So you talked mm -hmm. a lot about processes that you have internally to make sure that, okay, we're <clears> building a wait list, but we also need to deliver on the date we said this property would go live. And so right. I'm curious to know, um, you know, the evolution of that pre-marketing process. Like, did you have any kind of pre-marketing before you adopted Brentley? How did it look like? compared to how it looks like now? Well, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, you know, I'll say this, I'll, I'll start to answer the question by this. I think as an industry, um, you know, the technology in our industry seems to be very slow moving. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there trying a lot of different things and some of it's very exciting. Some of it seems cumbersome. Some of it seems disjointed. Um, Rently and products like it to me, are the biggest game changer we've had in our industry in the last five years. Um, now I may be just out of loop on some things. Um, I don't know that I am. I know I've looked at a ton of different softwares. I've looked at a lot of different workflow management systems. There are some things working uh, that people are working on that I think eventually can become very helpful for us. But Rently was an absolute game changer. Um, our pre-marketing, I went back as I talked earlier, you know, we don't show homes unless they're rent, they're vacant or rent ready. That didn't used to be the case. I mean, there were sometimes we do what we call a pre-leasing evaluation. And we had three people, they were called sales managers and they were assigned to get homes rented. So part of their, their process started when that tenant gave notice, they would take a visit to the property and say, can I reasonably show this home? Like, are there boxes everywhere? Has this tenant been here five years? The house is gonna need a complete, you know, it's gonna need a lot of work. It won't show well. Um, and so we did show some occupied homes back in the day. Um, and that was, it was cumbersome, you know, the notion of scheduling a showing, coordinating that with the existing tenants. Um, today, I, I think it would be almost impossible with COVID. But um, even back then, it was extremely frustrating. It was a frustrating process for um, our existing tenants, maybe the future tenants, because they had to schedule around that tenant. Um, Right. And then, and then like see, seeing other people's furniture and right. things like that in the property probably reduces the likelihood of somebody actually right. wanting to rent it because they can't envision right. it being right. their home. Well, there's that. And there's also the, the, the component of what's going to be done. Like, are you going to paint? Are you going to clean the carpets? Are you going to replace those lines? Are you going to, you know, and a lot of the stuff we do, is going to be dependent on what the owner allows us to do on a turn mm. particularly. So it's hard, it's hard for us occasionally, and there were expectations that weren't met where we have move-ins and they'd show up and go, wait a minute, I thought this would be painted and it's not. Um, so now we, the expectation is very clear. When they see the property, that's what they're going to get. Um, but so that was our pre-marketing, was that we would show homes when they were tenant-occupied um, and do our best to try to get, you know, some interest in the property prior to tenant moving out. Sometimes it worked. Um, I would say in whole, it was more of a frustrating experience than a, than a beneficial experience for us. 
which is why when we went to Rentley, <clears throat> we ultimately decided it just made sense to wait. And we used the, the wait list because we have that power now. And we can still, you know, deliver um, minimal uh, vacancy for our clients um, uh, and, 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 and still wait until to market that property until it's completely ready. What about risks? So you mentioned, um, and, and I think Marie touched on this a second ago too, you know, making sure that you, the date that you say the property is going to be available mm -hmm. is um, actually near the date when it is available. Have you ever experienced a property, like going into a property and having it be so horrible <laughs> that there's so much work to be right. done that you, you won't be close <clears throat> to that date? Yeah. So as a, as a matter of just general practice, we typically will put a couple of weeks lead time on a property. So if a tenant would give notice today, let's say, and they're going to move out the end of November, there's a time frame by which we would put homes in coming soon mode and rently is what we call it. I don't think it's technically called that in rently. It's pre-leasing is what it's called in rently to where you can now sign up for a wait list. And it's critical to make sure you don't do that too early uh, because the wait list becomes stale and, and, and People don't care anymore. They might have gone on to something yeah, else. There's a very, there's a very you know, tight window there where you're going to be able to capture a wait list. So, um, you know, with, so we typically allow two weeks. So if someone gave it a notice to vacate in November, then we're going to put the available date when we go coming soon is around December 15th. I mean, just as a general guideline. When our property managers, our property managers, how we use our property managers is they're the ones that do the turns. So they're in that property, they're coordinating with owners and contractors and getting that property rent ready. They're in close communication with our rental marketing manager and she's responsible for getting those dates established very quickly. And then we meet every week because as you know, it's a push and pull in our industry and I know a lot of property managers struggle with this is that you present a bid to an owner and it's like, okay, $3,000 to turn this property. Okay, well, let me, uh, let me review the bids and I'll get back with you time, you know, and every day costs them money. And we're, we try to be as proactive as possible. Hey, you know, we can maybe get a secondary bid or, but at the end of the day, you may save $50 on the bid, but you're losing $45 a day in rent. So let's, let's get this property, you know, let's get it going. Um, and so, that, so there has to be tight communication. And we meet, we do meet every week as a, there's a group of us about, there's seven or eight people on this call every Tuesday morning where it says, okay, we review our vacancies and we say, okay, this property available date says November 5th, we're looking good. No, you know, we're going to hit that. Yeah. This property says November 15th, it's probably going to be the 18th and we can make little tweaks. So we try to, we every, literally every week and sometimes every day we're going in and tweaking rently and to, to change that available date because it really it, it, it's, it provides a better experience for our potential tenants to making sure that they have as good an idea as when that property is going to be available because it can be disappointing um, for people that say you've moved this available date three times. We've, we've heard that feedback and, you know, it's like, well, some things are in control and some things aren't. And, you know, in this particular case, maybe it was, you know, a contractor got backed up, the owner didn't fund the prop, the project soon enough or whatever the case. So it's always constant management to make sure those dates are as accurate as possible. And so, 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so I'm curious to know, you know, some numbers, if you don't mind sharing. Um, what were like your average days on market before, you know, you implemented this more robust kind of pre-marketing? Because mm. whereas before, pre your pre-marketing was basically trying to show the property before right. the existing tenant moved out. And right. now it seems like you have a more tight system. Uh, did that really impact the numbers in a shocking way? You know, it's hard for me to, to speak exactly on days on market. First, I'll say days on market are extremely important to us. We look at them every month. We report on them every month. I've got years and years of data on days on market for us. Um, but I don't know that it's totally meaningful because I think we've been with Rentley. I was asking someone about this today. And I can go back and look at our contracts or whatever. I don't know if we signed a contract per se, but um, we've been with them for over four years, I think. And if you look back, <laughs> to the central Indiana rental market, um, what it was four years ago compared to today, it's, it's totally different. I mean, the number of homes out there that are rentals now um, are just so much greater than they were back then. So our supply has really increased. Now, at the same time, we've not seen a real dip in demand either. I think there's still a really good balance out there. Um, but our, our, and I'll say this too, central Indiana is extremely seasonal. I mean, we, we manage a ton of suburban homes. Um, they're outside the loop, which is 465. It's a, it's a big loop around Indianapolis. So we, we, we manage a lot of properties that are outside that loop. They're all very school sensitive. And so as a result, our rental season begins in January but it really ends in July when school goes back. Now, COVID has changed that. COVID had a really interesting impact on, on that this year. I think it's, there's gonna be a lot of studies, I'm sure, done on <laughs> the impacts of COVID. And I think the rental market's gonna be definitely one of them. But I can't say that we saw a massive decrease on days on market. Um, we typically will lease homes between 20 and 30 days. Um, that's an, that's an average for the year. Um, and our busy season will be in the single digits consistently. I think the will back. I think the last three months we've been in eight or nine days on markets, what our average is. Um, but so it's, it's, again, it's hard for me to answer that question because I think the variables around it are all changed dramatically. Um, I will say this, um, there is no question that our pre-marketing, um, has an impact on our days on market. And I think anyone who uses this software, it's kind of fun to watch and I don't get into the details as much as other people on our staff, our staff do, but you know, there's plenty of examples of when we get ready to go live with a house and we see there's a wait list of 75 people. And it gets, we hit that little button, that puts it in the full leasing showing status. And we're literally within minutes, we will get applications because our application link gets populated there. And there are applications because what's happened is someone has driven to the property, walked all around it. Maybe they snuck in with a contractor there to, uh, or the cleaning person there to, to get a look at the property, uh, but they're ready to go. And so we have a lot of days on market of one or two because we get flooded with applications on some of those really high demand properties in a high demand part of the year. Um, so yeah, that's my long answer yeah. to your question. Yes. So it sounds like, although you feel like, 
you know, improvements in your pre-marketing process and technology has a big impact on this market. It's hard to give it a quantifiable number just because the whole market has been shifting. It has. Been. Yeah, it has. I mean, I would say, and again, I can look at it. Um, well, I haven't looked at it, but I would say an average of probably five days on market. Um, but it's, it's, Again, I can't say it's because of the pre-marketing. I can, but I, because the market around us has, is just so fundamentally different than it was. Yeah, yeah. but surely doesn't hurt, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like even if it's not, even if it didn't um, reduce the days on market, it's significantly reducing the workload on your team, right? Well, that's where the that's that's why I've always considered it a major game changer because, as I mentioned, we had three sales managers, is what we called them. Yeah. And again, their job was to get the property rented. So they were the first, they, they were in there doing pre-marketing, even showing the property. And as soon as that property was ready to be fully marketed, they were out taking pictures, writing descriptions, fully marketing the home, and then working with the owner client to provide feedback, set pricing, mm -hmm. whatever. That's three full-time staff. That was four years ago. We're twice as big as we are were now. So call it six people that we probably need to do that. Six full-time staff versus <clears throat> 50 rently boxes that we probably have out on average, which I think would be $1,500 a month. I mean, it's, and it's, and, and the other thing is, is we can now show home seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Um, in addition to those three people, we also had a part-time agent, which was a nightmare to manage. I mean, first off, we have to have a licensed agent show properties. And we say, you got to show on weekends and evenings and it's a rental commission. It's not an overly attractive job, you know, for a part-time agent. And we just face it, I mean, most people want to see homes on nights and weekends. So his or her schedule, we had numerous people that were in and out of that system. Mm -hmm. We're always packed, just packed. And they had the same inefficiencies that, you know, I, I had eight showing schedule today and I had four people show up. And that's an extremely frustrating scenario to drive all over and only get half the, you know, half the showings you thought you would get. So it truly has been a game changer for us. I think it's the best technology to come out in property management in a long time. Um, it's not, you know, perfect. There are things you gotta be careful about, but at the same time, it's, um, it's great technology. And just doing those numbers I gave, you know, six full-time staff, probably a couple of part-time people. And now we've got it down to a rently box and then one full-time staff as our rental marketing manager to kind of manage the price changes and, and, and the available yeah. properties. That still has to be there. You know, you still gotta, you can't just put it in autopilot. You still have to be very proactive with your marketing. We get feedback, it's gotta be followed up on marketing. I've always said marketing, it's real easy to shoot, shoot your property out everywhere on the internet. That's an easy thing to do with technology today, syndication. The hard part is having the staff and the processes in place to make sure all that communication and questions and things like that get responded to. So if a rental feedback comes back and says, we, uh, we saw the back door was kicked in, we better be looking for that. And we do, uh, our rental marketing manager is amazing. She, she will send out emails or texts at eight o'clock at night saying just had a weird showing. We need, we need maintenance out there. Um, so it's, you, you can, you stop to monitor it. Um, but it's, as far as showings and the inefficiencies and the cumbersomeness of those showings, where at least totally changed the game. And, and again, I'm, 
it's like a cheerleader for Rentley. I think Rentley's been <laughs> for a long time. Um, there's other products out there that I'm sure do a great job as well. This episode is sponsored by PM Grow Summit 2021, a conference where successful property managers network and learn from world-class thought leaders. The fourth PM Grow Summit will be a virtual conference, but it's not like any virtual conference you've experienced before. Our platform gives event participants an experience as close to an in-person conference as possible. For example, create your own personal avatar and wander the online three-dimensional world of the conference where you can network, hear our expert keynote speakers, attend workshops, and more, all from the comfort and safety of your own home. Join hundreds of property managers and experts in the industry on January 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Get a sneak peek and get tickets at pmgrowsummit.com. That's pmgrowsummit.com. And so on the topic of syndication, you mentioned about how, you know, technology now allows you to just hit a button and then you know, you can show the property everywhere. Um, let's let's touch on that syndication piece because I know that in a previous conversation we had, um, you know, we got into the topic of you know Zillow and how yeah. a lot of property managers who used to love Zillow now hate Zillow. Um, but you are not one of those people, and so um, can you let us know Zillow's part in your pre-marketing or just you know regular? property marketing? Right. So yeah, it's a big topic, right? I mean, there were just so many, you know, I, I have a very passive relationship with those Facebook groups. I think, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I think some of them, uh, there's some really good content out there. Um, I think I'm kind of tired of reading which property management software is the best, you know, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Some of it's, you know, just so repetitive and but yeah, I saw, we saw it coming and I, um, you know, it happened, started happening years ago where people were getting, oh, wow, I'm here and you name the state, just got the phone call from Rentley, or I'm sorry, from Zillow and um, they're going to charge me $2 a day per property to, to, to get syndicated, you know, and there was all this just bitterness and people were upset and mad and, and you know it took it, it took it took a while to get to Indiana, but they did get to us this summer. And I wrote a fairly extensive blog on it, just kind of our experience with going through that whole process. Because um, you know it's one of those things you just kind of want to avoid. It's like, well, we, we it's free, and and for us anyway. And I'm sure every market's different, but Zillow was by far. And I mean Zillow being their their platform of of websites that they have like hot pads and other, other sites like that, that you automatically get when you're in Zillow. It was number by far the number one marketing channel we had. Um, you know, we just, we got tons and tons of, of leads through Zillow. So when they approached us, um, <clears throat> they did some analysis with us and realized that we had an incredible amount of volume that ran through their system and gave us rock bottom pricing. You know, I, wouldn't disclose what that is. Uh, I don't even remember what it is to be frank with you, but it was really, we felt like, you know, it, it makes sense for us to do this. We didn't feel like we could go to our owner clients and say, we just took away your number one marketing channel for your rental properties. Cause we always know 
the most anxious time for a for a, an investor, an owner is vacancy, um, because it's no money in and every money all the money out, and so it's they they wanted us to do our job, and make sure we get that property rent in. So there was a lot of discussion with Zillow. There was a lot of discussion internally, and we just decided that we had to do it. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of property managers decided not to do it. I think it's something I brought up in the blog and something I'm not, you know, ashamed of feeling or afraid to say is I think, you know, as a man, as, a, as an industry, some of the biggest topics you'll hear out there and you go to the boards and see that I'm right and I'm sure you probably already know are fees. Like, hey, just found a new fee I can charge and we can do this. And, you know, and I know everyone needs to make money. We're not doing this for fun because our this is a hard business we're in um, and we do need to be paid for what you know for what we do and we're very upfront with that like we're not a, we're not an inexpensive company we're not we say that literally we are not your cheapest alternative at all so if you're all looking at pricing our pricing page is our number one hit web page outside the rental stuff by far I mean it is it's a and it should be I mean your pricing page people will go right to price and so um, you know, we, we just, we just had to make sure that, um, you know, we, we provided our owners with, with the best possible marketing plan, um, possible and, um, sorry, I got sidetracked there. Totally. You want to snip that out? <laughs> you, I was on, I was on, the, I went, I went down two paths, but I was talking about, yeah. So, yeah. So what I was saying is that I saw a lot of threads out there that were critical of Zillow and um, charging. And I'll say this, I mean, the news didn't hit us like pleasantly. It wasn't like, you know, hey, yeah, we're, we're, we're really happy now that we've got this free product all this time and now we have to pay for it. Um, and so we weren't thrilled with it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, they're providing a really good service. And just like I think we provide a good service and we charge our clients for that service. Um, and so we decided, you know, it just, it just made sense for us to, to move forward with Zillow and, um, and, and continue to syndicate. Now, without getting all nerdy and talking about totally different ways and how we have kind of mitigated some of that cost using Rently, um, I'll just say this, we have become smarter in how we syndicate. Because before when it costs you nothing, it's real easy to just market as much as you want, as soon as you want. What's it hurt? Doesn't cost anything. Um, so now we're getting much smarter on when we turn that syndication on. Rently has its own syndication within its network that's pretty powerful. Um, there's a, it's a big enough brand now uh, particularly in central Indiana, where people will search the Rentley network for properties. And so we do get wait lists built, even without full syndication. Now, again, I won't get real technical. We have a couple different ways we can do that. But when we see either a property isn't getting traction in terms of wait lists, <clears throat> then we're going to go full syndication to try to get as much interest in that property as possible before it before it goes live um but yeah it was it's it's a big decision it's a big expense um we had to get smarter and we have and 
our projections on what we would spend um, have come in under what we thought we would spend because we have gotten smarter about when we syndicate and how we syndicate. So, yeah, so you're strategizing about yeah. it. That's really cool. Because, because it's a big P&L item all of a sudden. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, our, when you're advertising dollars for the marketing, rental marketing side, frankly, we're basically, I mean, if you, you know, as far as ad spend, we're zero um, because we don't advertise, like we don't pull out on Google ads or, you know, use premium websites to, that we have, but we do occasionally for some of the properties that may be more difficult to rent. But when all of a sudden you're adding just <clears throat> all this cost into your marketing budget for rentals, you've got to create processes around it to where it makes sense. But at the same time, don't, yeah. you're not injuring or hurting your owner client's chance of getting the property very quickly. Right. I feel like that's the tough call. It's like everybody, nobody likes being charged a new fee, but if it's going to impact, if it impacts your owners, it impacts you because it's going to impact their happiness. And right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms, yeah, of, I mean, the, in terms of the cost, um, I, I was curious to know, did you have to increase your prices yeah. to swallow kind of that additional cost to advertise or, you know, did you do the numbers and you're like, we don't need to change anything. Just, you know, um, getting less vacancies, paying for it, for it um, right away. Mm -hmm. No, we didn't change any of our pricing at all. Um, we absorbed it all. Like I said, we're, we're, on the, we're on the expensive end of property managers. So mm -hmm. we didn't want to become like a total outlier and say, well, we're going to charge this additional marketing fee <clears throat> because, you know, we already charge a fairly high leasing fee. And so it just, it just didn't make sense for us. I just couldn't in good conscience say, we're going to add tack on a fee for you because, you know, it, plus it's, it's just frankly hard to administrate, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if, if a property leases in one day. $2, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, or we're on the market for three months, let's say on a really difficult property or, you know, whatever the case it's hard to quantify that. So we just, we decided that, um, now we did promote it with our own clients. So we think it's a great thing because a lot of our competitors um, did not bite the bullet. I think some of them have now. Um, <laughs> I think it's, and you see that in some of the forums, it's like, yeah, we held out and was just, we just had to go, we just did it. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we weren't getting, us. <laughs> yeah, we weren't getting any traction and we just had to do it. And, but it's all that, you know, there, there seems to be so much anger about it all. And yeah. I never got that. It's like, hey, you know, Zillow loses money every year still, I think, collectively. Um, they're, they're like any other platform. They're, they're trying to make money. And either you value the service or you don't. If you don't value, don't sign up. Um, and some people haven't. And, and maybe in some markets, you know, it's not as big a deal. It's a huge deal for us. Yeah. So the but the key takeaway I got from this one is um, know your numbers, right? Because yeah. each property management company is different. So um, because you know your numbers so well, you're able to identify that, you know, cutting off Zillow will hurt us more than help us. And knowing your numbers also allowed you to um, look at your old pre-marketing system and realize it's not working. You went out there, look for better solutions. You ended up with Rently and now it's like, not only are you helping, um, helping your owners get their properties rented faster, you're helping your staff be less 
stressed or right. less overworked. Um, yeah, and I think the thing is um, yeah. being creative too with whenever, yeah. whatever life throws at you, right? Thinking right. outside of the box, not just taking it for what it looks like on the surface. Right. It's one of those things that, you know, if, it, if, if you have a, a task that always frustrates people, like it's, it's always frustrating for people to do, then outsource it. I mean, if you can, right? Um, and so Rentley was, and I'll say this, you know, we, we pushed Rentley off for a very long time because we were apprehensive about, wow, we're going to let people into these properties. I mean, it's, you know, back in the mindset four years ago that, you know, we don't want to do this. And Rentley was relentless. I literally said, don't call me. I mean, you, you call me literally every week. We're not going to do this anytime soon. I'll call you when we're ready. And I remember walking into my business partner's office one day after reading something and seeing something. And I said, I think we're missing something here. I think we need to look at doing this. And we got two boxes, which is I think the minimum. And then within a few days, we were 10 more and 10 more. And, you know, we maintained 50 to 70 rently boxes any time, depending on our inventory. Um, because it's such a powerful tool, you know, and, um, and frankly, it's, we're meeting our buyers, our tenants, where they want to be. I mean, they don't want to have to call. I mean, our, today's buyer, we self-service, you know, and that's why Amazon does well. And, and you know, you want to, if you want to order food, you want to do it online. You don't want to call someone and give them your credit card number, which they repeat very loudly over the phone <laughs> to the entire kitchen staff. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you want to literally just go online and, and do your business that you need to do. Mm-hmm. And Rently allows that. Like, Quick oh, and easy. Yeah, I want to see this property Sunday at two. Boom, mm-hmm. I'm here. Or I want to see it in 15 minutes. You know, and they can they can do it. So. Yeah. What about um going back to the concept, the overall concept of pre-marketing for a second? How um, does it impact your oh, prospective owners? Like, are you advertising it to prospective owners? What do they think about it? It is a is it a good selling point for you? Sure. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it. It is. I mean we. We have a, like an ebook that we provide our, you know, potential clients. And in part of that book, we'll talk about our pre-marketing and how it's a, it's a very powerful tool, wait list are generated. Um, but yeah, our BDM does a good job of, of you, know, you know, our biggest, our biggest sales pitch is making sure we're a good fit. I mean, ultimately that's where, where it comes down to. And so we're not overly like salesy in our approach. Um, we have good sales. We, we do really well on that. Um, you know, as far as doors that we pick up each month, but we do it because we want to make sure that no one wants to get fired in a week because the expectations weren't met. And, you know, it's just, so we, we're not overly salesy, but when we get to the point, what our differentiators are, or, or you know, how, inevitably, how do you market my home? That comes up. And while we have blogs all about that, um, some people don't read them. So it is a, it is definitely a selling point for us and, and stuff too. You know, we have little communication points along our, along the journey of a, of a, of a life, a tenant life cycle or a lease life cycle. Um, and so we, we do email the, the client when we put it in a coming soon pre-leasing mode and, in, and educate them on this is what this means, right? You're getting this. Um, and then we also email when it goes live. And then, you know, frankly, something else that we do with the wait list as far as with our owner interfaces is, let's say we throw a property on pre-leasing and we advertise the property for a thousand dollars a month and our rental marketing manager, we're getting ready to go live with it. 
she logs in and says, wow, there's 80 people on this wait list. And I see that 34 people added themselves to the wait list three days, you know, within the last three days, we're probably going to raise that price, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like the market is either, there, there's a big demand for this property. Mm -hmm. So we do it often. We don't get, and maybe we have had complaints from, from prospects like, hey, it's not like we switched the price after they saw it. I mean, obviously, we, when we're on the market, we're on the market and price yeah. doesn't change. It doesn't go up, I'll say. Um, so, yeah, it's something that we've done um, because it's just a matter of really just managing your inventory the right way and saying, I have all this demand for a property. I can see the data, so we need to raise the price. And makes no difference at all. We still get the applications in the same time frame. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to market like that. Well, uh, any final takeaways? I feel like we, you know, the management is a big piece, obviously, like you said, is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with today? <clears throat> well, I would say this, I would say, you know, I kind of started by saying that you, you need to, when you pre-market, you need to get the property on at the right time. And one thing that we found is that a wait list greater than two weeks old, like anyone that's been on a wait list greater than two weeks has probably already gone away. Um, we actually studied this pretty carefully and did a lot of like, uh, not like hundreds and hundreds of properties we analyzed, but we analyzed a bunch of properties, <clears throat> particularly with the syndication to say, when we lease a property, were they on a wait list and for how long? And if they're on a wait list, they've typically been on that wait list for less than two weeks. In most cases, less than a week. Because if it's been more than two weeks, they found something else. So don't feel pressure to get that pre-marketing on 30 days before the property is available. It just doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. Now, if you've got an oddball property that's always historically been typical to rent, <clears throat> a high-priced property where there's going to be a smaller population of people that can rent the property, then maybe you need to make some adjustments that way. But for your main core of inventory that you're marketing, two weeks is enough. And um, you'll build a nice wait list in two weeks. And hopefully when you hit go, you can get it, you can get it leased. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, God, this was so, so good talking to you. And I love this idea. Um, it's just very new to me. I haven't heard people talk about it a lot before. And I think that there, like you said, there are, I'm sure other people are doing it different ways or maybe even similar to what you're doing it, but I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot. So right. thank you for sharing all of the juicy bits of your yeah. process with us and your tips. No problem. I enjoyed it.